Welcome to Jackalopes Explores. I'm Floyd Whiting. I'm Aaron Linden. I'm Steve Sisson. And I'm Madison Danforth. And we are your Jackalopes. Quick question, has a movie ever made you cry? Uh, I will have to admit that yes, there's yeah. been more mm-hmm. than one. Pete's uh, Dragon was the first one that made me cry. It's the question, and he just saw it last week. Know, yeah. Right? The question: What movie doesn't make me cry? <laughs> yeah, that's true. What about making you angry? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and walked out of a movie theater, maybe turned off a movie, looking at the world in a different way. Mm-hmm. Has it impacted oh, you that much? Pete's Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> movies are amazing. They're one of the most profitable modern media. And nearly one in five films made in Hollywood today is a sequel. Mm-hmm. Wow. One in five. So, you know, Steve was talking about uh, a while back that maybe all the stories in the world have actually been told. Yeah. And if you look at, like, big famous movies like Star Wars, George Lucas, when he was researching to write Star Wars, he spent years researching what makes legendary myth tales last through the history of mankind what made like the uh, you know gilgamesh the hero that right. that's he's still around you know and and so a lot of star wars was actually drawn out of these ancient tales uh so have we told all the stories that are able to be told and have now we, we just got to make yeah. a part two have right. we played all the notes that can be played again that's yeah. that's something to think about so uh, we're going to go over movies today on Jackalope's Explore, and maybe you'll learn something, and maybe this is something that you already know, maybe you're a movie buff. But uh, when did movies first really start, Aaron? Well, it's debatable just simply because the first movie that was ever, ever actually a movie was two seconds long. Mm-hmm. And it was in 1888, uh, French inventor Louis Le Prince filmed Round Hay garden scene mm-hmm. where he just yeah we actually filmed, just filmed. learned about that in <laughs> did you really yeah. yeah and it was just his family members meandering through a garden but it was like breakthrough technology because everything up to that point had been still photography so kind of interesting but you know fast forward not that far nine years and the corbett fitzsimmons fight it was a documentary type film that they made 100 minutes long Wow. So, I mean, it just almost kind of like AI now or something, you know, where where we kind of start out with like a little script or whatever, and now it's taken on a life of its own. Go from two seconds to nine years later, back then, when technology was not, you know, necessarily technological. Everything was analog, baby. It was hard to build. Nine years, and and he extrapolated a trillion times over on the length that they could actually film these things. So, kind of interesting. First cartoon, Phantasmagory. Yeah, in 1908. I love how, in a time when we could just make up words. Yeah. <laughs> 1908, film consisted of 700 drawings individually photographed yeah. and put oh, together those are so cool. to wow. make the cartoon. So this Very is cool. like they had to, this was before the technology came along where I could just make the main character, the, uh, you know, draw the main character walking, but you keep the background. Right. They had to draw the entire picture. Everything. Wow. 700 different slides to put it together kind of interesting but what i found really kind of most interesting about about films and film history is that the actual video portion of it the actual filming of it went through four or five different iterations of inventors the last of which and and the one that improved the most upon of course 
was Thomas Edison. Yeah. And this was back in 1891. And he invented a device that allowed individuals to view moving images through a peephole. Not a mm. peep show, mm-hmm. a peephole. Yeah. So yeah. everything gets corrupted somehow. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, Later on, actually, interestingly enough, um, he actually formed the motion picture parents company in New York. And anybody that filmed anything because of the patents that he held on the cameras yeah. had to pay him a royalty. Now this took It was place. his camera, to it be was fair. His yep, camera. Yep, yep. So I get it. I mean, you invent something, you want to get some royalties right. and proceeds off of it. So all of these people decided New York at the time was the place to be. It was the film hub of the United States. However, he only held this patent in about four of the states around that area. So a couple of gentlemen decided to get as far away from him as possible. <laughs> not only was New York not conducive to filming because of you know winter weather, yeah. large studio spaces being incredibly expensive to rent, they decided to go way far away, like literally as far away in the United States as you could go, Other and side they of the ended country, up yeah. in. Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> the birth of Hollywood to get away from birth trademarks. Of Hollywood. <laughs> as well, the guys that did this, interestingly enough, um, a significant number of them were Jewish. They were new immigrants to the country. They had actually been shunned by a lot of other businesses and industries yep. and couldn't really find work. And they looked at the film industry and went, wow, this, this is it. So they took that technology, go west, young man, and they formed Hollywood. And they founded Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, really interesting stuff for sure. Now, you had a list of uh, flops. I've got a list of the top 10 movies according to IMDb rating. Now, you can go on a lot of different internet sites and, and you can look at a lot of different, uh, you know, professionals and film critics they're going to give you their opinion on what's the greatest film ever and they're going to tell you why the reason why i went to imdb was because this rating system is done by the viewer Mm -hmm. yeah not by a film critic not that i'm bashing film critics but i will say i have avoided films in the past because they they got a bad yeah yeah, Mm. bad you know someone a film critic goes and sees it that i trust and and he steps up and he's like, "This is a terrible film." Siskel and Ebert both right. give it a thumbs well, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. So so you avoid it, right? Back in the day, you watch them on TV. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. Someday we'll That's why go back here. to the archives. <laughs> they they they're both uh, they were really really famous film critics. Uh, they had their own TV show and they'd sit there and show you a trailer and tell you about the film that they went and saw and what they thought about it mm. and whether it would be a good uh, investment in your money for entertainment. Uh, but one thing that I've noticed, I've watched films after taking a critic's word for it and been like, man, this thing is amazing. You know, I love this film. So that's why I decided to use this rating system above all the others, because this is done by people, regular folks. Yeah. This is is what the general public thinks about it. Not not anybody that's looking at it from a critic's point of view. Not just two people's opinion. So I'm going to start at number 10. These are 10 best. These are the 10 highest rated movies. Mm. On IMDb. Okay. Number 10. 
The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Okay, oh. yeah. A classic. That is a classic. You don't know that one? Spaghetti Westerns, man. You know what? I, I would honestly say, Madison, go home this weekend. And and watch the good, the bad. And the I have a copy of it. You can borrow it. Okay. It's actually it's, it's a great. You got to invest some time. Yeah. My, write my ten page paper. Yeah, yeah you, and it's only about three hours. Yeah, long. you, you oh, need to perfect. invest some time. It's a it's oh, it's, it's a it long doesn't one. move real fast. Huh. But see, I think the hardest thing, and and we'll get to this list. But one thing I did want to kind of feed discussion with it. It's hard to like look at my daughter or or people mm-hmm. like Madison's age and say you need to go watch this super old film because it it, it was game changer. Because everything that they've seen now just outdoes all of that, you know. Right. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. when you, <laughs> you know, when the car first came out, it was a modern marvel. It changed who we are as a planet, mm-hmm. you know. But kids look at the Model T and they're like, "Yeah, that's that's an engine and four wheels," you know. But <laughs> it's it, it's hard to grasp the the awe that this little thing inspired. And movies are very much the same way. To watch like an old Spielberg and, and, you know, no one sits around wondering anymore, how the heck did he do that? Mm-hmm. You know, but back in the day when we saw E.T. and Poltergeist, wow, that was groundbreaking stuff. Absolutely. You know, Star Wars changed films mm-hmm. because of its special effects. But if you look at it now, you can see the lines. Yeah. You know, right. you can see everything, all the mistakes. There is fishing line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so it is hard to kind of try and put that into perspective because you've got to be in that mindset mm-hmm. where it's like I've watched black and white TV all my life. A color film is amazing to see. But the good, the bad, the ugly, I would recommend to anybody because it is a staple Western. Mm-hmm. And I think in all of uh, film, mm-hmm. definitely. Number nine, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, okay. 2001. Yeah. Yes. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. You've either. never watched that either? No, wow. too long. Well, Man, you're going to go home with a list of movies. I, I have a copy. No, I'm just I, I've got about 10 copies. I, yeah. Those who know me know that I'm the guy who sits there and just lips everything, you know, yeah. like I'm, I, can, I know every line. <laughs> right. And, I, and I, you know, I am that guy who sits there and is like, did you know in the book they actually did yes, this? Yes, you instead. know that stuff inside and out. That's, yeah. I, I am a Lord of the Rings geek, hands down. All right, number eight. Now, I think everyone's going to agree that this film changed films. Pulp Fiction. Oh, yes. yes. 1994. Yep, absolutely. Quentin Tarantino. I will never, ever forget the first time I saw Pulp Fiction. Uh, I was sitting there with a a bunch of my friends, and the way that he told that story, Mm -hmm. you know, the split screen, or not split screen, but the out of sequence, sequence, you know, and then you can put it all together, and it's just, I think Quentin Tarantino was much like Orwell. Mm. When George Orwell made Citizen Kane. He gave an interview years later and someone said, how did you know to do that with the camera to keep this in focus and not this or, or that? And Orwell was very honest. He said, I, I wasn't trained. <laughs> right. I, I could do it because I didn't know how to do it. So I, I got someone to teach me. How do you, I use this camera? Okay, so here's A, B, and C, and this is how to focus. But when it came to framing things up, when it came to make sure that this is in focus and that's not, no one had given him any instructions. So he just went with his gut and changed the film industry. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino was much the same way. Uh, he went in there with, with certain ideas and the ways that he wanted to tell stories, and he just did it. 
and it was a huge hit. Not his first. Reservoir Dogs, I yeah. think, was yes. his first real big hit. Mm-hmm. But boy, a Pulp Fiction. I think everyone remembers the first time they watched Pulp Fiction. And moving on to number seven, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. <laughs> Madison. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I will just say uh, it's odd because The Return of the King is the third film. Yep. The Fellowship is the first film. But Two Towers is second. Two Towers yeah. is my favorite. Interesting, yeah. And it's not on this list. Yeah. Hmm. So they don't have, like... You know, I guess I'm unusual. Two Towers to me was the best. It's it's definitely better than the third one, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, but for me, it's it's first, second, third in order. The yeah. first one's the best. Second, not as good. Third, not as good. But yeah, I think which, the second one's better than the third. Which is normal with most yeah. sequels. Actually, yeah. 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 I mean, it's very rare. I mean, Indiana Jones was amazing. Temple yeah. of Doom, awesome. <laughs> what was the third one? Last Crusade. Last Crusade. <laughs> Sean Connery. I mean, it was pretty good. And then it just, and I love aliens, don't get me wrong, but it, <laughs> right, it went right. kind of down a hill. You know yeah. they're making another Indiana Jones? They're yes. making one last yeah. Indiana Ooh, Jones. He's looking old. He is looking he old. He is. He yeah. is. And that guy, to be fair, that guy has staved off age oh, yeah. for a long time. And I really do it, appreciate the fact that he's coming back to just wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Crusade of the Coffin? What are we? What, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Because, I mean, like, he came back. He did Blade Runner uh, yeah. again. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what was again. that? Blade Runner 20, 2044 20, 20, 20, 20, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, 2040 something, yeah. Uh, I, so I really did appreciate that. But one thing that I do have to say is the movie star who, in my opinion, decided to come back and start wrapping things up. The first was Sylvester Stallone. Oh, absolutely. Yes. yes. My dad's, we, yeah. so when my dad got hurt, uh, my aunt got him the Rocky box set. Oh, oh, nice. And we lived in a hospital in Denver. So that was, that was the only movies we had. So we watched those all the time. <laughs> and my dad somehow, like we were on a plane to San Diego and he found Rocky playing on the movie. You want to know why? Because your dad's a good man. That's why. That's right. He didn't even wear the headphones because he was mouthing the words. Good man. Movies movies have that impact. It's a lot of Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) For me, Indiana Jones goes three, one, two, order of best to worst. And I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. And four doesn't make the list. Right, four doesn't even make the list. I, don't, I haven't even seen four. I, I oh. know. What's the you one should see it just kid? so. Yeah. What's the one that's with the uh, Temple Two. of Doom. Temple I've of seen Doom. that yeah. one. That's it. That that's the least of the first three for me. Oh. I think it's, it's the, it doesn't have the right tone. It's a little too dark. Yeah. Uh, the Kate Capshaw is a bit annoying in it. Okay, and here's the deal. That's that's where it gets for me because you know every performance in that film is fantastic, but hurts, mm-hmm. and it just. That's all I'm going to say. About <laughs> um, for for me, you know, when I when I was a kid, I saw uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. and that face melting scene. Oh, <laughs> yes. boy, that one sticks with you. You know, there's something about practical effects compared to CGI that there's they, they can be a little more disturbing. Yes, because absolutely. Even though they're fake, there are they're still real compared to CGI. And you look, go back and every... watch it now, oh, and yeah. you're like. Really? That scared me? That's like a candle. It's like Jaws. Right. (laughs) But I mean, like, you know, who doesn't like watching bad Nazis get their faces Uh, melted off? Like, that's great. But, but yeah, and and especially that one character, I can't remember his name right off off the cuff, 
always wearing the black jacket. And yes. He had like the portable hanger so <laughs> he could hang it up. Yeah. yeah. Tote. Yeah. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. That's his name. Yeah. yeah. Loved watching him die. Burn on his hand. Yeah. But still, yeah. that's that movie stuck with me. Um and and Temple of Doom, and I don't know if this was a reshowing or not, but I went and saw that in the theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I would have had to have been five or six at the most. <laughs> that so was before PG-13, I was, Yeah, I yes. was really, really young. And I can remember it so clearly because I also got the companion book. Uh, my, my mother had purchased that for me, and mm-hmm. I got to pack this little companion book, which showed you how they did all the effects. Now, before there was behind-the-scenes type stuff, you know, DVD extras, right. yep. you had to buy these companion books right. that were made that showed you how everything had been created. Usually from a book fair at school. Usually. <laughs> usually. Yeah, that's true. This one was being sold right there at the theater. It was in Salt oh, Lake. We just wow. happened to be there. Hmm. And my I loved Indiana Jones. My grandpa wore a fedora hat when, when he was alive. And he when he passed away, my grandma just kind of threw it in the trunk. And I found it. And I was probably five or six. And as soon as I put that hat on, I was in the jungle. No, oh, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. I was searching for something, and and I had a string that became a whip, and I was off to save the world. But see, that's the power of movies, absolutely, right? Yes. Like you become that person if you want to, mm-hmm. and and I think it it's it's just a fantastic experience for everybody. And it, I don't know how people don't enjoy movies; they just haven't seen the right movie. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. All right. So number seven was Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. Number six, very serious movie, a Spielberg production, um, Schindler's List. Oh, that fantastic, gosh. yeah, man. Yeah. That movie wrecked I think me. Circles back to the beginning of like movie ever disgust you, make you cry. Mm. Yeah, yeah, oh, that one it. gets you. That and makes you angry. Yeah, uh-huh. you, you feel everything in that one, right? And you don't yeah. move. You're just watching. You're just like, oh, yeah. Time. That's that's one oh. that we went to see in the theater. That and Passion of the Christ, both of those movies. In the theater, you know, you're like, ooh, movie time. Mm. Big drink, popcorn. I'm going to have a great time. Yeah, you're yeah. five minutes in, you don't touch any of it. Yeah. Because right. one, you can't. It, uh, yeah, and two, just... you're just like glued to it. You're frozen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, usually I have to like go to the bathroom or something in a movie. And I watched that. I think it was during COVID. They were playing, having like a movie thing that you could watch on stream. And I was in my room. I just sat in front of my computer the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was like, that is insane yeah it's one of those movies (gasps) that shakes your soul Mm. you know and and one of those stories and some of the creative choices he took were were extremely impactful Mm -hmm. especially uh the black and white Mm -hmm. you know that creative choice and i can remember seeing you know because when the trailers came out on television i i i didn't know who schindler was you know I didn't. I, I knew about the Holocaust and I knew about the terrible things that had happened, but I didn't know the story. Mm. And then you see that black and white, and it was. I'm not sure, but not a lot of films have been made like that where they make the choice tear the color out, right? Yeah. You know. Um, and so I was like, mm, huh, no, no, if that's going to be a strong film, boy, talk about eating your words. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but that's that's where we get these visionaries, these individuals who were like, you know, you want to know what would really just twist the knife on this tear the color away. yeah black and white yeah make it black and white yeah make it more authentic yeah absolutely yeah. yeah and and i love watching those behind the scene things because every once in a while you'll find a story that just hits you know even if it's just real fast 
some of the decisions that are made by Scorsese during a lot of his filming process will just get you. You know, oh, sure. you're like, where did he come up with that? And and one in particular in a, in a scene, he loves to zoom in real slow on Martin De Niro. Mm. You know, he, he loves to do that. And and but De Niro gives that performance every single time. I think that he they were just made for each other. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> and because they, they're both at their best when they work with one another. And 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 when one scene, even before the scene was finished, Scorsese turned to one of his people and he said, write cream on that. And, and the guy's like, cream? And he says, just do it. Just write cream down. And so he did. And, and then when the film came out, the guy who wrote the word, there's this part in, in this film where Scorsese's zooming in very slowly into Robert De Niro's eyes. And you can tell De Niro's making the decision, I'm going to kill this guy. But then cream starts playing in the background. <laughs> and as Scorsese was like doing the whole process and he had this vision, he was like, what, it, what did he hear? And Scorsese's like, I heard cream <laughs> and boom, he nailed it. He nailed wow. it. And if you, it, and, and if you saw the film, uh, which I know a lot of people out there are like, I know that scene, uh, it has an impact, man. It has an impact. <laughs> All right. So Schindler's list was number six, number five, actually based off of, uh, I, I think a book and then a play, uh, another one that gets you angry. 12 angry men, hmm. 1957. Oh. Yeah. An yeah. older film. But a great film uh, about a jury. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you know, I've seen the play a couple times. I will admit I haven't sat down and watched uh, the old 1957 film. I did, but it was a long It's time a Jack ago. Landon, isn't it? Like <clears throat> a Jack Landon or Lennon? Lemon. It's Jack, Jack, Le- Lemon. Jack Lemon was Jack a person. Lemon. No, no. Okay, yeah. then and there I you go. He's he an actor. Wasn't, but boy, that's really digging deep in the trenches of the brain. So <laughs> he was I, one. Uh, you, you remember that? That'd be the right time frame for that. That's when he was, you know, <clears throat> yeah. doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I yeah. want to say that was kind of his his film, or at least that's who I remember the most out of it. Twelve Angry Men, a nine point Oh, so we're in the top five now. We're in the top five yeah. now. So everything else is a nine or above. Yep. Okay. Okay. Number four. The Godfather Part Two. Part Two. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. So yeah. it's been a while since I sat down and did a Godfather viewing, right. and and I never watched three. So it's usually one and two, <laughs> right? Uh, because I do feel that two was good enough to be included on a list. But I, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 But beating out one. That's a tough one. Those yeah, two together. It's tough. Yeah. Oh, that is tough. But one. the people have spoken. <laughs> right. Well, not, the other one's not even in the top 10. So, right. I mean, well, unless it's number one. We don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe oh, yeah. it is. We're going to find out. So, The Godfather Part 2 is number four. Number three. And this one's for all the comic book geeks out there to read myself. It. What is it? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is uh, number yeah. three. Okay. I love Christopher Nolan. <laughs> and he's amazing. He's uh, an amazing filmmaker. Hans Zimmer did all the oh, soundtracks. Yes. yes. Oh, I love Hans Zimmer. Mm. So good. But isn't that funny? Because last week we did music, this week we're doing movies, and mm. a lot of times the right music makes oh, the movie. That's Absolutely. what I'm writing my whole research I mean, paper on is right. how music advances a movie plot. And I'm using uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, actually, I'm using Rocky because if you were to listen, watch Rocky without any music, like during the boxing, boxing scene, yeah, yeah. what would you hear? Right. <laughs> yeah. Them all a lot canting. of slapping. Yeah. 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 So I, that's one of my, I just watched that movie on Friday. 
I you, love yeah. Heath Ledger. John Williams, hands down. Yes. Probably the best composer for film. I think Star Wars would not have been a success were no. it not for mm-hmm. his soundtrack. So we look at, he did the Indiana Jones theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did Jaws. Yep. Oh, yeah. He did Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And everyone can play that in their head da, right da, 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 now. Everyone. Right. Yeah. 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 Everyone. Da, da, da. All yeah. of those themes right there, we know that. And all, to think that all of that came from one man. Mm-hmm. You know, the genius of John Williams. Yep. Jurassic Park. Uh, original Harry Potters. He did the Harry Potters? Some of them, not all of them. Wow. Yeah. I didn't uh, the, know that. The first one, I think, mm-hmm. and then maybe one or two after that, but... Now, a lot of people would say, and and there's even like a joke on Family Guy, uh, that Elfman, Danny Elfman, yeah. would, would be the one to step up to that. <laughs> yes. yeah. But I, I love Danny Elfman. Don't get me wrong. Him and Tim Burton have made a lot of great movies together. But Zimmer yes. is my He's, next absolutely. choice my after right. that. If I want to get something done, I put on the soundtrack and I write. I write, clean my room. I do anything. <laughs> oh, it's the just... Rush soundtrack. Yes. You've never seen the movie Rush? Mm. One of my favorites. So, so good. But yeah, I mean, you know, The Dark Knight mm-hmm. and and the, the whole Batman trilogy that Nolan took on, mm-hmm. he gave it a different look. He gave it, you know, a real modern feel. But he, to do that, he went farther back than most. Mm-hmm. Like with his creation with the Joker, the original Joker before the... Uh, uh, federal government got a hold of comic books and they did and started to uh basically censor them joker was a madman nobody knew where he came from nobody knew what he was going to do next and at random he would just turn and kill his own henchmen and and laugh about it right like he was the epitome of chaos is Mm -hmm. what it it was designed to be and then it wasn't until you know the comic book association got a hold of everything and started saying hey pull back on this violence we don't want to see it all of a sudden he became a gangster <laughs> and then all of a sudden he became a failed comedian and we get all these different <laughs> yeah. stories about sure. where joker comes from now i think nolan's joker is probably the closest to the original idea of what they had for what the joker was supposed to be mm-hmm. you know a representation of chaos incarnate and his direct enemy is the representation of order mm-hmm and Which that's perfect. Yeah. The yin yang of it all. Absolutely. Have you and seen the new movie Joker? I have. I, I did. I, um, Good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not my Joker. <laughs> right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and hashtag not my Joker. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> it's going to start that, yeah. trending tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix's performance in that was hands down one of the best that have ever been done. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. But I think without. Ledger's Joker, there would be no Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Certainly, yeah. Yep. Yep. Guarantee yeah, 100%. it. Yeah, he opened that door for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And Jack Nicholson himself, uh, you know, even told uh, Heath Ledger, you know, be careful with this character. Right. Because Jack went off and, and did, you know, Batman with Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. And when you look at some movies now and some superhero movies now and watch these older ones, you think, well... Boy, that's kind of, you know, got a little sugar on it. It's a little softer than the rest. But if you really think about performing as that, even Jack Napier, Mm -hmm. which is Nicholson's Joker, Mm -hmm. he had to tap into a side of madness to to give that. Yeah, and that's one of those things where, like, I never thought that performance would be topped. And then Heath Ledger comes out and and totally blew it out of the water. I agree with you on that. 
so yeah. good. It's so so because, good. Because you just you don't. I I kind of thought the same thing, especially when it was Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. wow, really? Yeah. Pretty Boy Ledger. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. Like, because what had he done? Be, you know, you're Ten like a knight's tale. <laughs> Ten yeah. things I hate about you. Right. Yeah. All these pretty boy things. And you're like, and he's going to be my Joker. <laughs> and we'll he's see about the that. Joker. And he, man, he pulled it off. There's been great decisions uh, having to do with superhero movies, especially Batman. When they, when Burton announced that he had cast Michael Keaton, right. a comedian. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. whole world was up in arms. Yeah, Mr. Mom. Yeah, no yeah, one liked that. That's what he was at the time, I yeah. think, yeah. Or Everyone. Uh, Johnny Dangerously. Yes, yeah. That was a great one. Fantastic that was a great one. Film. Uh, he had done so many great uh, films, but they were all comedy. Yeah. You know, because he was like a stand-up comedian yeah. before he was an actor. Yeah. And and uh, you know, I think uh, his biggest one before Batman, I would probably have to say, was Beetlejuice. Oh, I mm. You know, yeah. he... he and so here you are a while back you know you're thinking beetlejuice is going to be batman this stone cold serious dark night right really but he pulled it off he's a good batman to the point where well he's back they now. brought him back yeah. and that itself is selling that movie yes that's i true. really feel like that's what's selling that movie man. yeah they brought back keaton mm-hmm. to give him his props okay so we just uh had the dark knight at number three Highest rated, according to you, the viewer, on IMDb. Number two, The Godfather Part 1. Okay, ah, so was, okay. okay. now it, it all makes sense. Yep. Now it all makes sense. Peace has been restored. Yes, in yes. <laughs> My world is back in order. The planets Ooh. have come back into alignment. Uh, hands down, probably one of the greatest <laughs> <Dabble> performances <laughs> ever given by Marlon Brando. Oh, mm. oh yeah. By far. Easy, yep. Uh, and and not just Brando, and I can't go down the list of actors here, but uh, you know people like James Caan did a fantastic mm-hmm. job work mm-hmm. in that. A lot of people just know Caan from that, yes. you know. And and after that, whether he liked it or not, he was typecast mm-hmm. as like a tough guy in oh, Hollywood sure. mm-hmm. after The Godfather. Yeah, uh, so he got his role on Las Vegas, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, so The Godfather. Anybody else want to say anything about that film? fantastic yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean if you haven't seen that you haven't then you really don't know watched film. movies yeah 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 that one changed it i mean think about the careers that that film made mm. who who was in it robert de niro uh uh marlon brando although he was already famous james Kahn, um uh al pacino mm. you know and, and 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 you look at all the gangster movies that have done anything right today and that's pretty much your list of people right there yeah right. pesci was missing Pesci, yes. Pesci was missing. Yes, okay. Yep. I stand corrected because Joe Pesci is probably one of the best tough guys oh, in yeah. any film. Yeah. My cousin Vinny is one of the finest films <laughs> yes. ever oh made. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. It's yeah. pretty good. Madison, you might laugh, but did you know that that film follows the real court of law, like the way to present yourself in court, the way that things would be handled? To such a degree that they actually show it in law schools. Mm-hmm. Really? This, out of all the court films that you see, My Cousin Vinny is the most accurate. That's so funny. I've only seen, like, I've seen the ending and the beginning. <laughs> I haven't seen, like, the middle. So I always watch, like, the same part. I have like, a copy okay. of it. You can write it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing film, though. I think it actually got uh, Marissa Torme yes. uh, an Oscar. Yeah. She was I mean, that was an Oscar-winning yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. So it's not something to just be laughed at. All right. Now, if we were to make guesses 
at the number one highest rated IMDb movie, what would you guess it was? Say Die Hard. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? The best Christmas for the, the movie. The best yeah. Christmas yeah. movie yeah. ever made. Undebatably. I'm going to go with the Titanic. You'd say Titanic. Oh. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Based on the what we've seen in the top ten so far, I'm not going to say Titanic, no. Um, oh, I don't know, though. They're all fairly recent films. That's the thing. Yeah. That's tough. I don't know. Aaron? Dumb and Dumber. It's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. Not part not, two. Not, yeah. not, not even. Not part two. Wow. Um, I would almost have to go with Avengers Endgame just because mm-hmm. so, oh, so many because people, of the people yeah. Really, yeah. A really good one. Prepare to be amazed. Okay. The Shawshank Redemption, oh, 1994. Really? Okay. The highest I mean, it's a great rated movie, but uh, yeah, I IMDb movie. Huh. What? Interesting. Okay. 9.2. 9. 9.2. So it not significantly. Not high. significant. What's, what's number 10 rated? It's uh ooh, I don't even have the rating on that. Mm. But but The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, 8.8. Okay. I so mean, you're looking at, at marginal, marginal narrow, differences here. Yeah. Okay, because the Godfather at number two is also a nine point two. But the Shawshank Redemption beats that just a little bit, which means to me, uh Probably more people had actually voted and, as and seen it. Yes. The right. Shawshank Redemption. I was just going to say that. I think that's a more, it's a more mass appeal movie. Right. I mean, right. The Godfather, some people just aren't into that kind of thing. Right. And I think that, yeah, that make make a difference on those. And and so, I mean, it really brings up the debate then. What makes a, a movie good or what makes a movie impactful? Is it is it the fact that, uh, you know, when I show it to a majority of people, the majority of the people like it? Or... An artsy film where, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people who know film, people who know how it's supposed like to everything, be. everything, everywhere, all at once. Exactly. Mm. I was so exactly. lost. Oh, my gosh. What a, but to me, that was a beautiful film. Oh, I, they did things. Yeah. They took chances. It was made by two guys who basically knew nothing about making films. Yeah. And they dived in there, and it took home, I think, all of the Oscars. It, took like, it, like, it was like seven or eight of them or something It like was that. really impressive. Oh, it was crazy. really impressive. And I love that film. I would have put Lamageddon. Love it. That was a great point because <laughs> yeah. I mean, we should do. We should find out what like the top ten B movies are. Oh, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Clowns be... from outer space. We big should ass do a spider. show on that. that yeah. Star Crash. Stuff. Star Crash, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but Lamageddon, classic. Sharknado. I think Sharknado. It has to be a mix of of impactful and serious enough, not like the clowning kind of movie. But also mass appeal. Yeah. And so there's, yeah, there's a bit of a combination to, to get a high rating there because there are probably a lot of films that people would say are better than that, but they don't appeal to as many people. And so it uh, yeah. doesn't rate as high. Exactly. So, I mean, you, you know, it, how many people have seen The Godfather and how many people have seen The Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. and then jump on IMDb and vote for it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if the people, if the same amount of people had seen Redemption and mm-hmm. seen The Godfather, would that still be. Yeah, one and two. Yeah, you know, or right. would those trade places? Because I have heard on multiple occasions that a lot of people feel that The Godfather is the greatest film that's ever been made. See, mm-hmm. when I was researching and everything, they had said there is no best movie, but that Citizen Kane, which you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, is often considered one of the best mm-hmm. groundbreaking movies 
ever created. Yeah, yeah. that gave birth to a lot of other that, yeah. creative yeah. movies. Yeah. See, and it's it, you just nailed it on the head. It gave birth to it. Right. Yeah. Right. It gave us permission to make what there is today. Otherwise, we might be following the same rigid laws and rules that these guys had for you got to have this in focus at this time. This person's got to walk in from this direction. Mm-hmm. You know, and not saying that uh, we would have followed it forever. Because there are some, you know, great innovators out there, even today, Quentin Tarantino being one of the modern ones mm-hmm. um, and, and a few others, uh, you know, certainly Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I would say that Spielberg's dedication was really towards making the great popcorn film. Right. Jaws yes. is popcorn. Oh, yeah. Yes. E.T. Yep. is popcorn. I read this today. Did you know that like the most popular line in Jaws was improv no, which one was it? It was oh, it was the bigger um, boat. Yeah, the bigger yeah, boat, uh, and it's often gonna, misquoted. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Off, yeah, that, that was, was part of the Mandela effect. I'm here for you. <sighs> I'm never gonna find it. Well, oh, when yeah. you, as, most okay. famous line was improvised. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah, I didn't know that was improvised. Yeah, That's I awesome. Heard that today. That's fantastic. Oh. A lot of great lines are. Um, I'm not gonna bring up one, oh. but uh, there's a couple. There's a Johnny Knoxville film. And it, it, you know, it's very controversial, but there was an improv uh, uh, line in that that would just make you laugh. And if you've got it in, you look it up. Well, Bill Murray. I in, think everything he does in is Caddyshack. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was completely uh, unscripted. That whole scene yeah. was uh, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah the whole they didn't part, write yeah. any lines for him. They just said, show up. He's genius. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just know. Just do your thing. Right. Yeah. There's a part in, I, I don't know which batman is it's with heath ledger and they go to the um dinner party and he has like the knife up against the i'm blanking on everyone's name i know what you're talking about but like that was all improv she didn't know he was gonna do that and so like they just kept going and that's why she was so scared and they did it like in two takes nice it was like they stopped because she was so freaked out and then they had to finish the scene with it nice but he was just like i'm gonna do this and that's how they got her to be so scared and that's insane. That's awesome. like, Sold me on it. All right, yeah. now, Maddie. Yes. Let's uh, talk about uh, flops. We, we've talked about what people feel <laughs> yes. were like big successes. So now let's switch over to Madison, who's going to read us some of the biggest box office flops in history. So, you know what's really funny? What was on the list that was a great film but a box office flop? Shawshank Redemption. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. yeah. Now they that made, I think about it, it so was a box made, office flop. So yeah. their budget for their film was $25 million, and their box office was $73.3 million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's people going back later, mm-hmm. streaming it, looking at it, mm-hmm. going, oh, VHS. no, this was really great. Yeah. yeah. VHS. And, and what's really odd is, you know, I heard uh, Matt Damon giving an interview about how back in the day, if you had a box office flop, you could just be like, it's okay. Everything's going to be made up with DVD right, yes, or, or VHS. Right. Yep. And now that isn't a reality anymore. And Hollywood is having to make a big shift. Mm-hmm. And what else? Uh, Babylon. I haven't seen that one. I yeah, I remember. Well, I'm. Well, a, it's the it's the new Babylon. Yeah, yeah, it's a sci-fi, and I'm not familiar with that one at all. No, I I'm not either. I don't know that one either. I would say don't yeah. bother. <laughs> okay, Freud gives it a yeah. thumbs down, and, and I'm a big sci-fi guy. Hmm. The Fablemans. It's the one about Spielberg's life. Um, they consider that a box office. I thought everyone mm-hmm. loved that film. Uh, this. IndieWire.org says... <laughs> well, what did they know? It is a flop. <laughs> really? It, yeah, that it says it was a great movie, yeah, but it did not they. make 
a lot of money off of it. Um, trying to see some of these lists. I don't even know the movies. Mm. Uh, Fight Club was a box office flop. Interesting, because that one picked up a lot mm-hmm. afterwards. Too, it's then. a huge cult following yeah, mm-hmm. at yeah. this point, but mm-hmm. I could see that. Mm-hmm. And the last one that I found was Office Space. Yeah, oh. huge flop. Yeah, yeah, hard cult following. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, my and wife maybe... and I watched that just this week. <laughs> I can quote that one line by line. Yeah. Yeah. We actually kind of made a commercial out of it one time, Steve and I. I'm going to burn this down. <laughs> it's, it's a great film. But is that, is that the cult following? Are people following it because it sucked at no. the box office? And people are like, well, if it's so bad. Like, we sit around and watch B movies mm-hmm. like yeah. Lamageddon and stuff because they're so horrible. I got to see it. That it's fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you say, oh, it's a box office flop, it starts garnering that cult following just because people are like, really? Mm. Well, let me see for myself. Mm-hmm. And then they go, oh, no, that was really good. I think what happened with Office Space for me, I didn't go see it in the theater. I saw it later on VHS, and I was able to apply it to every situation of my life. <laughs> yes. Right. And, yes. and when me and, uh, you know, I often call her, like, my sister, and she's, she's close enough to be a sister, uh, but she was a woman I served with, and her and I would sit there and just back and forth quote <laughs> that stuff <laughs> in any horrible situation. Yeah. You know, movie quotes will pull you back down to reality. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think the thing with Office Space is the reason it didn't do well at the box office is it's, it's not a big movie going experience mm-hmm. movie. No, no. It's, yeah, it's, it's not. not. It's not like Avatar. It's, it's not Top yeah. Gun Maverick. Yeah. If streaming yeah. the was a thing movies. when that film came out, I think it would have done very well. Oh, it would have nailed it. Yeah. yeah. It would have been at the top of Netflix's list all the way across. Yeah. And it was maybe mismarketed a little bit as well. But um, I think the main reason was it's just one of those things where it's not a big movie movie, it's, yeah. it's a small screen movie. And when it came to uh, uh, Mike Judge, who who made that film, he was also the creator of Beavis and Butthead mm-hmm. and King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and and somebody actually once said, you know, let's let's make a, a part two. And Mike Judge said, part one hurts so bad that I'm not going to make a part two. And so he refuses to make an office space part two. That's what they should have done with Dumb and Dumber. He's like, he's like, you just film it on your iPhone and it'll Uh, give you 20 minutes. Yep, exactly. Just go to your own office and document it because there it is. Now, Mike Judge is in the film. Do you know who he is in office space? Yes, I do. He's a Jennifer Aniston's boss. Yep. Yep. He's the one at tchotchkes. Yeah, yeah. Some people are fine with doing the bare minimum. Exactly. We encourage you to express yourself. <laughs> and he made Idiocracy, too. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah, that was actually an amazing film, in my opinion. Another one that wasn't a huge success. Right. But uh, was... Now, someone will have to double-check this, but I heard online that uh, the director of that, uh, was that Mike Judge? Did he direct it or just produce it? Or not. Uh, but they said, I need a shoe that is so horrible and just ridiculous, and I want everyone in the future to wear it. But I want people to be able to look at this shoe and think, who would ever wear that piece of <laughs> yeah. junk, you know? It needs to be futuristic, but stupid. We wear them today. They invented the croc for idiocracy. <laughs> for real. Watch idiocracy, and every single future member is wearing the croc. I have, like, four wow. pairs of them. That croc, movie Crocs and socks. more and more prophetic over time. It's, it's, it's uh, right. It, it, <laughs> that's like the, the scary part. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> that's the scary part. We're starting to see idiocracy oh, actually man. become prophecy. <laughs> A lot quicker than I thought. Wait, right. Makes you nervous. <laughs> all right, Madison, one more. Uh, those are all the ones that I had, but hmm. I had... The top paid actors and act- actresses. Okay, is this yeah. today? Yes. Okay, give me the top paid actor today. Okay, of today, 
It's Tom Cruise with a hundred million. Yeah, yeah, I would easy. believe that. Yeah. yeah, and for actresses, it's Sandra Bullock at check this price gap seventy million. Thirty million dollar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sandra Bullock. What is she? What, uh, she her and Chayton Tan have been doing a lot of. Oh, uh, they just oh, did yeah. a, a movie oh. lately. Yeah. Um, and spoiler. If you want the truth, though, I know him. But... Uh, <gasps> you know Sandra. Yeah, I'll show you a picture later. <gasps> it's all over liquor. Um, the big vodka guy. Big vodka guy. Um, Sandra Bullock to me though, yeah, that's I, I totally her. get that. If it wouldn't have been her, I would have said uh, Anne Hathaway. Right. I love Anne Hathaway because mm-hmm. she's too. just. I mean, she's or good. And she's Aniston. in a lot of stuff. She's mm-hmm. she's amazing in everything I love that Jennifer she does. Aniston. She's good too. I love she's got her. that like sophisticated older woman thing mm-hmm. going on now. And she's funny. Probably too. not so much. Johnny Depp's ex. <laughs> yeah. What was her name? Oh, gosh. Aqua Girl. What was it? Yeah, that's right. All right. So, so my favorite movie of all time is not innovative or one of the groundbreaking things. There's, there's nothing particularly um, special about it except for everything just kind of came together at the right place at the right time, and that's Casablanca. Yes. Ah, Great that film. That is on my list. Oh, Great I've film. I've never seen that one. You've never you seen have a copy. I have a copy of that. Casablanca. <laughs> Gone with Wind, Godfather, Vertigo, Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction. This one I highly disagree with. La La Land. I cannot oh, stand yeah. that movie. No. And a lot of people who didn't like that. Touted it forever, I and couldn't. we got so because my the other Aaron, the better Aaron, is musical. I yes. mean that's yeah. like what she did. She was in La La Land, not <laughs> in the movie, but she was in Las Vegas with James Caan and stuff. But um. It was horrible. Yeah. I mean, unwatchable to me. Yeah. And all these critics, oh, it's Just fantastic. Over was, it, that the, huh? was that the year at the Oscars where they messed up and said you didn't win? Was that? that I think year? that was that year. It yes. might have. Been. I, think that I don't was. remember. Yeah. Oh, that was crazy. We should do a show sometime about movies that have been like critically acclaimed that have not stood the test of time very well. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of big Oscar awful. winners that people are like, and yeah. you just forgot about. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. forgot about. Yeah. Aaron, what's your absolute favorite movie? Mm, I love Iron Man, I, and I love Tony Jr. Yeah. I mean, he's just the perfect epitome of Tony Stark, and it 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 he nailed it. The gra- the CGI is amazing. It's just it's a great film. It really, is. I mean, that's one that I can just sit down and be like, "Well, I'm bored. What am I gonna?" Oh, Iron, mm, Man. Iron Man. Iron Man. I like yeah. I like the third one, the best. I like the of third those. one. I like them all. Yeah, Madison. I have a tie. So the help. Ooh, great movie. Great movie. Little Women. Okay. The, the oh. new Little Women. The new yeah. one. Not the old one. Not the, the 90s one. one. They, they're both tied for me. Mm. I love the book. I love both the books. And then they came out with the movies. And so, so good. Lemez. Really? Okay. Right. Lemez. I can't, I can't argue with Wait, that. Wait, Lemez? Yeah. That film is the greatest redemption story ever. you know a lot of people said that russell crowe shouldn't so have been good. in it, but i thought he was brilliant i love hugh jackman you know to me there is no other chauvet mm-hmm. it's 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 russell crowe mm-hmm. and he does such a great job and he's you know he's one of the best parts but he's not the best part mm-hmm. um the whole film together and when you watch behind the scenes stuff concerning that film and you learn things like they sang on, on set that none of it was dubbed over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Or or that like Anne, Anne Hathaway, Hathaway shaved her head, shaved her head and take. and nailed it. Yeah. You know, and you're like everything came together to make this the 
perfect yeah. movie mm-hmm. for me. Wow. It's just, it's so beautifully done. And I can't get through it without shedding some tears every <laughs> single time. And uh, I think a lot of movies that will show acts of valor and heroism and self-sacrifice, that's what gets me. And and for me, that's why things like Captain America resonate so mm-hmm. hard. Right. You know, and if they'd have left Cap in the ice, perfect death. Perfect sure. death. You know, uh, no better reason. You know, go out saving your nation, serving your people. It's just it getting me choked up right now. No better reason. All right, guys. Last word. Who wants it? I think it's your turn. All right. So I would say that uh, movies have the ability to shape our perception for both good and bad. It is a medium that has been around for a while now. It will be around uh, for years to come. I don't think it'll ever fall out of popularity because movies have the ability to move us, inspire us. Movies have the ability to make us cry, they make us laugh, and they can make us angry, and they can make us come together. And it only takes just uh, some popcorn and some soda. (laughs) And And then fake butter. And some fake butter. I love that fake butter. (laughs) All right, folks, thanks for joining us on Jackalopes Explore.